0: everyone and welcome back to astrology now podcast. My name is Christine Rodriguez, and in this segment, I am so excited to share part 2 to the interview series I did with James Braha on the planet Pluto. So in our part one segment, James and I had discussed the planet Pluto through the houses in astrology, and today we talk about the aspects of Pluto in a horoscope. James Braha has a background in both Western and Vedic astrology, and so he does refer to both throughout the interview, as he usually does, and he does place a special emphasis on the planet Pluto in Vedic astrology. So James Braha is one of my personal favorites. He is a mentor, a friend, a guide, an inspiration. I absolutely adore him. We've done quite a few interviews together, which are on my interview playlist that's available on Spotify, and I'll make sure and link it in the show notes. Um, But again, James is just a wonderful person. He is so entertaining, so incredibly knowledgeable. His website is jamesbraha.com if you would like to continue exploring his work. And he is the author of multiple books, including The Ancient Hindu Astrology for the Modern Western Astrologer, The Braha Sutras, and How to Predict Your Future. I definitely recommend looking into the books that he has written throughout time. So I had a ton of fun with this podcast. Obviously, uh, you'll hear in the segment. I hope that you learn something new and enjoy your experience. Welcome back, James. It's so nice to have you again. Thank you. And of course, as always, I like introducing at the beginning of our videos that you have many books available for people to learn from. One of my personal favorites is Ancient Hindu Astrology for the Western. Modern. Ancient Hindu Astrology for the Modern Western Astrologer.
1: It has to be the revised 2020 exactly. edition you want from Amazon.
0: You released the revision in 2020, right? Wasn't that when you did your revision?
1: Yeah, something like yeah. that. But that's what it's going to say on there. Revised and expanded 2020. And it's at Amazon. All my books are on Amazon. Mm -hmm.
0: And then you also have a new book available, the Braha Sutras, which is such a unique commentary on astrology and that everyone should check out. Yes.
1: That's basically my life in a book. It's it's a lifetime of experience in one book.
0: And it really is. And I love reading I love reading your books in general, but I particularly enjoy the Brahma Sutras because so much of your personality comes out in it. I laugh every single time I pick it up because you have opinions and you're not afraid to share your opinion.
1: (laughs) I do get an awful lot of people telling me they love watching my videos because it makes them laugh. Yes. And the books make them laugh and, you know. Good.
0: Well, you're, you're also a performer. You were originally an entertainer, right?
1: I was an actor in college and yeah. Yeah, yeah, so there's a bit of an actor. Vashti was asking me, she heard us talking in the last interview about, you were mentioning podcasts, and she says to me, do you like doing the bo- podcast or the YouTube? I said, well, what, what, what's the difference? She tries to explain it to me. I said, well, one, one, I put on a shirt, and the other, I don't put on a shirt. It's the same entertainment, same college, <laughs> yeah. teaching, whatever.
0: Yeah. Good, good. Well, I'm happy to have you on both my YouTube and my podcast. It's always a pleasure and an honor. And so in our previous segment together, we talked extensively about Pluto, what Pluto represents, and then you gave us examples of how pluto can operate through the houses of a birth chart and so today we are coming back to talk about different aspects of pluto in a birth chart and so if people have not listened to the previous segment i I definitely recommend going back and listening just so that you're up to speed and that this podcast makes a lot more sense and that you don't have to repeat everything
1: that you said last
0: time Hmm. okay would you like to continue with with pluto and the meanings
1: yes okay pluto in the first. Uh, Pluto conjunct the sun. So Pluto conjunct the sun is Pluto, you know, Jupiter, when it's near a planet, expands things. Pluto, like if Pluto, if Jupiter's next to Venus, it expands the artistic ability. If it's next, if Jupiter's next to Mercury, it expands the intellect and the nervous system. Pluto intensifies it. So if Pluto is with the sun, it intensifies the masculine energy. Whether it's a guy or a woman, it's going to intensify the leadership, the power, the masculine energy, the confidence, things like that. Hmm. Now, Pluto, if you remember in the other video, uh, it can go either way. It can be really good. It can be really harmful. Um, So Pluto with the sun could be something where it harms the father. Or it could be, you know, the harms the father means that the father is domineering and manipulative and a problem. Uh, but it would have to be badly aspected. If it's Pluto opposite the sun or Pluto square the sun, then it's definitely problems with the father. But um, Pluto conjunct the sun, it's a new conjunctions are neutral. But Pluto is going to intensify the masculine energy, the leadership energy, the extroverted energy. It's going to make a person a survivor, they can survive anything, they can be powerful, they can be spiritual, it's it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful, powerful aspect. Um, and that's basically what it is, a person's going to want universal, they're going to want to heal people, universal welfare, uh, and they're going to be very, you know, strong and intense, they're not going to be shy and introspective, they're going to be powerful and like that. Um, Pluto moon is not an easy aspect because it's going to intensify the emotional energy. It's going to intensify the energy with the mother in such a way that the mother could easily be smothering, too intense. There will be a psychic connection with the mother where you could be on one side of the globe and you have a problem and the mother senses it, is a real strong psychic connection because the mothering in childhood would have been very intense, very intense. The moon Pluto person is going to be very sensitive because their emotions are gonna be, I mean, Pluto is a very intense planet and it will intensify the nature of the moon, which is emotions so the emotions are very very deep and very very intense um and the pluto moon person is likely to be overly nurturing overly smothering they want to heal everybody they want to mother people like that um but they'll be great healers they'll be great nurses uh you know um It's just it's just real intense on the emotional side and real intense on the side of the mother. Um, I don't really know what else to say about, you know, depending upon how the moon is in other conditions, it might do something with the stomach. Or the breast or the menstrual cycle, you'd want to be careful with breast exams and things like that, but person's going to feel pain very deeply. Very, very, very deeply. Um, I remember once dating this woman who had had a boyfriend and it didn't work out. And it was like, I don't know if this woman was ever going to get over it because the, the hold on, noise. Um, I, I just, the emotions were too intense. They were too, they. in other words, when the person's in love, or if they have a child or a relationship, their their emotional investment is so intense that it can't just go away easily, you know. And if it does, there's going to be pain. And this is a bit of a problem because Pluto Pluto with the mother could take the mother away. Mm-hmm. Could be the mother's real intense or smothering, but you never know with Pluto. It can be a Pluto is death and rebirth, and sometimes it is a physical death, so it could take the mother away. But again conjunctions are more neutral it's going to be a lot worse if it's a square or an opposition but if you ask me like you know if i had a choice would you want to have a pluto conjunct the sun or the moon or jupiter or venus i would say get it away from the moon and get it away from venus i just don't want those they're too much Hmm. it's too much sensitivity on the emotions and because you know out of buddha's you know, the Buddha had four noble truths, and the first one was life is suffering. And then the others are how to fix the problem. But life is suffering because you're going to have loss. So Pluto moon, um, every time you have a loss, it's going to be much harder for you than for somebody else, because your emotions are very deep. Pluto is death and rebirth. So You know, in the last in in the last talk that we had, I talked about if Pluto's in the marriage house, there's death and rebirth of the of the marriage. If Pluto's in the fourth house, there's death and rebirth of the mother, meaning not physical, but you feel like you're dying in the relationship with the mother. You're in pain and then you get reborn or you feel like you're dying in the relationship with your wife and then you get reborn. Mm -hmm. If you have Pluto moon. It is a constant death and rebirth experience throughout life, the pain is always deep and you feel like you're dying and then you get over it. So it's really not an easy one to have, I think, but you'd have the greatest healers, the greatest mothers to nurture. Although they would have to be careful not to overdo it with their kids because they can smother them.
0: Yeah. That's what I was wondering.
1: It's probably going to be very psychic, very psychic because the emotions, there's different ways of, of psychic energy. There's Uranus psychic energy where things just pop in your head. You get them psychically. Then there's Neptune where you, you kind of sense or feel you sense. Neptune is a higher octave of Venus. So you sense, I have a sun Neptune conjunction. My intuition mainly comes from my sun Neptune. I just kind of feel things and sense them. And then and I know what's going on intuitively. Uranus, it just comes in your head, you don't know where it comes from. Pluto, uh, the intuition is going to be very spiritual kind of intuition. It's going to be, it's going to be about universal healing. Um, and, and when Pluto is with the Moon, the intensity of feeling, the intensity of moon, which is feeling. It's going to be kind of like neptune where you feel what things are but pluto moon boy (laughs) it's gonna it's gonna sense every person's gonna sense everything interesting And they may be overly sensitive and they may go through more pain they will let's be honest they're going to go through a lot more pain than other people now if there's something happy that happens it can be tremendously happy because they're so emotionally fulfilled and things like that but it's not an aspect i would ask for
0: Would it be similar if Pluto was opposing the moon close in degrees?
1: Would you say, would it be similar?
0: Would it be similar? Would it have a similar impact? I mean, this could go for any of the planets that you're describing with the sun. Squares
1: and oppositions are always difficult. There's nothing good about them. Conjunctions are neutral. So it depends on the planets involved. It depends on the planets involved as to whether this neutral, if they go together well, it's okay. If those planets don't go together well, it doesn't matter that it's neutral, it's gonna be a problem. Um, So the Pluto moon is gonna be more suffering, more pain, more sensitivity, more nurturing ability. Um, But if you have the opposition or the square, you're in trouble. You're gonna have troubles with the mother. You're gonna have troubles with the emotions. Oppositions always come from other people. So if you got Pluto opposite the moon, your mother and women in general, women in general and mother, Pluto opposite, they're going to be domineering, they're going to be smothering, it's going to come from other people. I always consider oppositions to be a very karmic kind of aspect. In other words, if Pluto is conjunct Saturn, a person's going to have love problems to some extent if pluto is uh, uh sorry if if um venus is conjunct saturn they're going to have love problems if venus is opposite saturn the problems are going to be very specifically the other person harming them hmm. venus saturn is just Venus-Saturn conjunct, the person's very shy, introspective. They feel they don't deserve a good partner. So they get a partner below them and they suffer. Venus opposite Saturn, you get together with someone, they just treat you badly. End of story. And so I consider that to be probably where they knew this person from a past life and the person's giving it directly back to them. Wow. So, So same with Pluto moon if maybe this person in a past life was a terrible mother to someone, and now Pluto is opposite the moon, the mother's going to give it to them back, and -hmm. they're going to see what it's like to get it back from a mother or from a woman. Interesting. But the Pluto, the the moon-Pluto conjunction, it's just that the aspect is too intense emotionally.
0: Okay, got it. Interesting. Thank you. And so I know that you gave pretty specific examples of Pluto can join the sun and then Pluto can join the moon and you've touched a little bit on Pluto and Venus, but do you want to elaborate a little bit more on what that could be when they're conjoined?
1: Well, so we're going to go in order.
0: Okay. Go in order. Take it away. You're the boss. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Unless you want to talk about Pluto. So you want to talk about Pluto? No, I want to go or? in order. I want to I mean, go in order. Really <laughs> you know, it doesn't really matter. Let's talk about Pluto, Venus. Oh, now we got two bad ones in a row. Well, Pluto-Venus is going to be great for the arts. The person's going to have the most intense artistic talent, artistic energy, et cetera. However, it is a really rough aspect. You would think that Pluto-Venus would simply be these very intense experiences in love matters, and they are. I've known people that had Pluto-Venus, the spouse dies. The spouse just disappears. There's a relationship going on. And then one day, boom, it's just over. They just disappear. Just very intense. But the problem with Pluto Venus, and this is not from logic. It's just from my experience. You know, when you're doing astrology, there's so much damn theory. Astrology teachers, they teach what it should be and how it logic. But that's not what you want to do. If you want to get really good, which is about seventy percent accurate, you're never going to be perfect. But if you really want to be accurate and make predictions that are accurate, you've got to go by not what you think it's going to do, but what it actually does. Hmm. So it took me it took me a while to find this out because I thought Pluto Venus troubles in love matters, death and rebirth experiences. They feel like they're dying in Venus. They feel like they're they're constantly having a romantic death like they're in their romance they feel like they're dying then they're reborn kind of like pluto in the seventh house and the other youtube but in experience not only do they have these extraordinarily intense love relationships which are too intense they're constantly dying and being reborn it's emotional upheaval by experience i can tell you these people feel things so deeply which partly is why they're good at the arts They're great at the arts because they feel deeply. But what happens is Hmm. their feeling deeply causes pain, emotional pain, deeply. And what happens is, and this is different from Pluto Moon Pluto Moon experiences a lot of pain, but they're able to deal with it because their Moon is so flexible and deep and emotional. They can go through it. Pluto Venus, they feel the pain, it's usually like a romantic pain. It's like, It's like a rejection. Pluto moon is just pain. Pluto Venus is like they are rejected by their loved. So what happens is the mind says, well, that was so painful. I don't ever want to go through that again. I'll make sure that doesn't happen again. How are you going to make sure it doesn't happen again? I'm going to control things. And you get around these people, you you start to say something and they cut you off because they're afraid you might be saying something that's going to hurt. So they're constantly going through life, trying to control. Don't say that. Don't say this. this. Oh, I don't want to hear that. Don't tell me. I'll have an astrology reading. I don't want to hear anything negative. Like they're trying to control. Yeah. What happens? They get gray hair and they get lines on their face 10, 20 years before they should. Hmm. Because you can't control life. It's not controllable. The natural experience of life is to be be open. And to be flexible and to be open and to be uh, you know, willing to go through things. And then you, you know, you get beat down. There's no question. We all get beat down, but you get a, you get back on the horse and you try again. But they don't do that because the pain was too great. So, okay, this happened, I won't do that again. Oh, the person said this, I'll I'll stay away from that person. They just try to control everything and they get old early, they can get cancer much quicker. It's a very rough aspect.
0: Interesting. Could Earlier, you were mentioning that Pluto and the moon could cause health issues potentially with like the menstrual cycle or with breast. Would Pluto and Venus have an impact on fertility or reproduction? Sorry.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Pluto, Venus, anything with Venus that's a problem is going to be the throat, the thyroid, the reproductive system. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But Pluto, Venus could easily be the reproductive system. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. But on the arts, it's fantastic. And the other thing is, Pluto's a spiritual planet. So there's no there's no rules and regulations. You know, spirituality means that you've gone beyond the rules and the regulations and the, you know, it has to be this way or has to be that way. And you're completely open to the universe. So what do you think that means sexually? They don't care. Is it a, is it a guy? Is it a woman? Is it bisexual? Is it homosexual? They don't care. It's, those rules go out the window. That's helpful, and, huh? I yeah. said that's helpful.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: yeah, and and uh and and they, um, you know, they create the deepest there's a lot of artists, but the ones that are going to do the deep art is going to be the Pluto Venus. Mm. Very interesting. Pluto Mercury. I love Pluto, Mercury. I like that aspect. That aspect, the people will go so deep into the intellect. They will be the best writers, researchers. It doesn't matter what field they're in, they're gonna go deep. Now it depends how close the aspects are. Five degrees is powerful, three degrees is more powerful, two degrees is more powerful. So the Pluto-Mercury is the greatest of intellects where they're gonna go deep into research and whatever they do. Their speaking is gonna be very powerful. I warn people that have Pluto-Mercury whether it's a conjunction or square or opposition if it's close i say you be careful what you say to people they're not going to forget it
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know the um the pluto person is going to be intense in their communications so you're not when somebody when they say something you're not going to forget it other people they can say stuff it goes in one and out the other that's not the case with pluto mercury if Pluto and Mercury are in a bad aspect, it's, it's what I call a deal breaker, a deal breaker. Hmm. Um, I usually use the term deal breakers for composite charts. You know, you got Saturn, moon, just walk away. It's never gonna work. So a deal breaker for me for life in, in a lifetime is a really nasty Pluto-Mercury. Why? because the person's thinking is fixed and rigid and they're not going to be flexible. They're going to be defensive and they're never gonna wanna fix it because the intellect is, Pluto gives so much intensity to Mercury, which if it's a conjunction, it's fine. It's a neutral aspect and the mind just goes very deep. But if Pluto is square or opposite, they are defensive as heck. Wow. If Pluto if Pluto is opposite Mercury when they were growing up again oppositions come from other people this could be Uranus as well. If Uranus or Pluto is opposite Mercury I guarantee you they're defensive when you say something to them they're defensive. And the reason is oppositions come from other people. So when they were growing up somebody was telling them how to think. This is the way it is. Well, I think it's this way. No, this is the way it is. I'm telling you, this this means this, and this means somebody manipulated their thinking. They go through life, and you say, hey, I saw a movie the other day. It was really good. Oh, stop. I don't even want to hear it because they think you're telling them. They didn't hear what you said. You said it was a good movie. They heard...
0: I'm making you think this is a good movie.
1: <laughs> you better think this is a good movie because that's yeah. the only truth. So it's... James, and but, this is so... Wait, 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 but, 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 but let me just say, say this, if you're around one of these people with Pluto opposite Mer- Mercury or square Mercury, and you're trying to have a relationship with them, or, I mean, conflict resolution requires that you hear each other speaking. They can't hear somebody else speaking if it, if it's, you know, if, if it opposes, if they, and it doesn't have to oppose what they're thinking, they're going to see it like it's opposing, and you can't get any flexibility terrible when that happens.
0: It's so interesting. And so I go back and I read our emails often because you always include really interesting bits of information on astrology when we email. And I had gone back and I know that I tell you all about my dating life. You know, everything that's happening with me all the time. But I went back to one specific person and I had said, they are so defensive in the email, I was like, everything that I say, they are so defensive and I feel like I can never share and I just went and looked at their chart and Pluto is opposing Mercury by two degrees so it's like exactly what you're just saying and i I was just reading that email the other day. it's so interesting
1: somebody was telling them what to think, yeah and now they're just geared that way they that's what they perceive yeah. now can they get over it? Yeah, they can get over it if they're if they're really strongly committed, but you have to understand when it comes from the mind, I mean, usually you're trying to overcome your problems through mental understanding. Their mind keeps telling them this and this and this, it's very hard to get over. That's why I say it's a deal breaker (laughs) for life. it's It's like, if I come into this life and I got that, it's like a deal breaker it's going to be hard to have a, a, you know, I mean, look, for them, it's fine. They just go through life being defensive and thinking everybody else is nuts or wrong. For them, that may be fine. But, you know, as as far as anybody trying to have any kind of relationship with them or to fix or solve a problem, it's a deal breaker. They're not not going to work.
0: Yeah. And for anyone who's listening to this, who may have that combination, it's just an opportunity to reflect on if that's possible. You know, if if there is a portion of your life that feels defensive. And as you were mentioning earlier, if someone is highly defensive, you can absolutely work through it and and become more open and aware, but it just takes that discipline and commitment to do so.
1: Yeah, it takes commitment. Yeah. Yeah. So the people that are best at fixing those problems are the Pluto people. Hmm. People that like, when I get a chart where I see that Um, the person's got, you know, problems that need to be overcome, psychological problems, or things like that. I like to look at the sixth house, which is self-improvement, but I'm even more concerned with Pluto. If Pluto's with the sun, Pluto's with the moon, Pluto is, you know, or, or Pluto's in the first house, if they've got a Pluto personality, they can, they can fix it, you know, they can, they can work on it. Um, so I love Pluto Mercury for writers and teachers and communicators, but I like Pluto Mercury because whatever they're doing in life, their mind is going to really work for them. Um, so let's see, what do we got? Pluto Mars. I always like to talk about Paul McCartney because he's such an easygoing guy, Right. But when the Beatles split up, it was the three Beatles against Paul McCartney. Hmm. And in my opinion, in the end, Paul McCartney was pretty much in the right. They had adopted this horrible thief. This guy was, you know, uh, the manager that they that these that the three Beatles, you know, joined with was a guy who had a a very checkered past and uh, lawsuits. He was, you know, and Paul knew this, but Paul. Wanted his in-law, his father-in-law to be the lawyer for them. And they don't want that, of course. That makes sense. But in the end, it was Paul McCartney suing the Beatles in order to get separated. They wouldn't separate. He had to sue them. It was Paul McCartney who came out with the first album. I mean, John was really the one that said, let's get out of this thing already. I'm done. Let's get out. But when they finally did it, Paul put out the album first. That's very Marsy. He had Pluto Mars. Now you don't see the Pluto Mars because he's a very nice guy. Trust me, he's got a Mars. the fact that he could, you know, do that with them, etc. But this is the better example. Um, his mechanical technical skills, which is Mars, are off the charts. Pluto's with Mars. So look, out of all the Beatles, Paul played the drums. He played the piano. He played the organ. He played the lead guitar. He played the, uh, he played everything. He played everything. And just as well, just as well as the others. But, but the real, the real kicker is this for anybody out there that knows guitar. When he was young, if he went to somebody's house, he was left-handed. So he had his own left-handed guitar, right? He played a left-handed guitar. But if he went to somebody's house as a teenager and they had a regular guitar, he would pick it up put it in his left hand and play it backwards now i've played guitar for you know since i was 25 or so it is it is just mind-boggling to me to do it backwards the strings are all i mean it, it's just it's mind-boggling that's his mechanical technical skills yeah. and then later on you know there was this one great album that uh, fairly recent 7 8 years ago and um i bought the i bought <laughs> i bought the sheet music he, i couldn't play any of it in the early days they used easy he could have used easy chords to make the same music but he didn't because he gets bored and he uses these chords where you can't put your you can't get your fingers to do it but he can because his mechanical technical dexterity with Pluto Mars is very intense so you got mechanical technical skills you have the ability to be extremely aggressive extremely assertive and the term I use is ruthless, but I don't mean it in a bad way. Pluto-Mars, the person is ruthless. They wanna be a doctor, they're gonna be ruthless to get there. They're gonna do every I don't mean harming other people. They're gonna do whatever it takes. They'll stay up till four in the morning. Whatever they're gonna do, they're gonna do it. They're gonna make it happen because they've got all this energy and determination. That's Pluto Mars. Um now, in my early days. I would occasionally see people that had Pluto Mars that didn't exhibit any of the assertiveness of Mars. So what the hell's going on here? And these people had problems because they were they, they couldn't use their Mars. They couldn't use the Mars. And so what I get, you know what I guessed, as best as I can guess, is that if you have a Pluto Mars child, that child's going to go on rampages that kid is going to be selfish that kid's going to grab everything they want for themselves they're going to be like that right and parents are probably going to do their best to stop them and if the parents are really intense they can knock that mars out they can be so brutal that those kids have been brutalized they won't go near their they won't go near their mars ever again Mm. And they become stilted, they become stunted. And this was mind-boggling to me. They had Pluto Mars and they would be, no, I haven't accomplished anything. No, I haven't achieved anything. Interesting. Well, because their psychology has told them, you use that Mars, you're gonna get in deep trouble. You get you get harmed for that. Mm. But it's real good for computers, technology. If if somebody's a if somebody's an artist, I look to see if Mars is in there, because if Mars is in there, they may play the drums or they may be really good on the guitar. As opposed to if Mars is not strong, they may not be, they may not pick up an instrument without Mars being there.
0: I'm curious for the people, and you may not have been able to know what their private life. Was So I don't know if you're going to have an answer to this or not, but I would be interested if the people who do or who were showing up kind of like deflated, like, oh, I don't know, I didn't complete anything. Like, if there is a hidden anger or aggression, like, have you noticed that with Pluto and Mars, if people have like this kind of hidden side?
1: No, 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 no. I forgot to mention. Yes, Pluto, Mars can be angry big time. Mm -hmm. They can let that rage out. They can be angry. They can let it out. They can dish it out. In these cases, they had been so suppressed. They had been beaten up emotionally such that they knew you don't go near Mars. You don't go near aggressive. You don't go near being assertive. It'll kill you for it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's hard when you have a kid That is that is all over the place and wants what he wants, you know, or she wants and is not going to obey any rules or regulations. you got some parents that say he'll grow out of it or they'll grow out of it. You got other parents that say smack the smack the daylights out of that kid. They'll never do it again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Thank you for clarifying. Uh,
1: Pluto, Jupiter. Pluto, Jupiter is usually a very intense desire for spiritual stuff higher knowledge, religion, philosophy, travel, usually. Um, The only other thing I would say about Pluto-Jupiter is they may do things in an exaggerated way. They may do things in too big of a way. I think it's a good good aspect for the law, for someone being a lawyer, a judge. But mainly, I see it as being somebody that is just religion, philosophy, higher knowledge, travel, um, you know, that, that kind of thing. And a real strong, I think usually a real strong desire for justice, but if the aspect is no good, if it's Pluto opposite Jupiter, Pluto square Jupiter, then you got problems with law, lawyers, judges, problems with gurus, spiritual teachers, higher knowledge. Pluto-Jupiter can be a teacher in a university, but if they're bad aspects, then they may have troubles with gurus or mentors or spiritual teachers, things like yeah. that. If if the aspects are hard, like you know squares and oppositions or quincunxes, quincunxes are 150 degrees. They're not good aspects, but you have to use a small orb. I wouldn't use an orb like five degrees. I just wouldn't do it. One, two, maybe three degrees at most, the 150 degree aspect, it causes pressure. It's not a good aspect. Pluto, negative Pluto, Jupiter aspects, I think would be bad on the liver, gallbladder, spleen, or allergies, or things like that. Yeah,
0: I'm curious for those who are listening, what would you consider a close orb for the opposition or the square?
1: Well, I mean, it just goes in order one degree is brutal, two degrees is really bad, three degrees is really bad, four degrees bad, but not horrific, five degrees, I mean, my Pluto moon aspect with my mother, with my mother, my Pluto moon square is like four, it's like five degrees, and it's brutal,
0: yeah,
1: I mean, but it would be a lot worse, when there's zero, one, two, three degrees, the aspects are highly karmic, Like, it's very hard to fix them. It's very, very hard to, you know, one, two, three degrees. It's just really super karmic. You're going to be talking about it your whole life. Five degrees, you know, you might get to the age of 40 or 45 or 50. And finally, you know, you can deal with it, you know. And it's not like it's not there if it's seven degrees. It is. It's just that it's a lot lighter. I don't know. Thank you. There's different opinions on that too.
0: I know that there are going to be people who are looking at their charts trying to figure it out. So I wanted to give them a little bit of an idea. And um, I remember talking to you before, and you were saying that if it's something like 15 to 25, then it's like
1: oh that's not that's not a western aspect. A western aspect is 10 degrees tops.
0: Well, I I think western, that everyone,
1: what was that in the western? Okay, degrees tops in the Western, in the Hindu, if they're in the same sign, they're conjunct. They could be 20 degrees, 25 degrees and they work. If you have in the Hindu system, let's say you have the moon at three degrees and you have Saturn, Mars and Rahu at 25 degrees, that moon is going to be devastated. Because there's three malefics aspecting it. Now, if you just had one. You go, well, it's a malefic aspect, but it's so wide, it's a little bit. But if you take three of them, the degrees aren't going to matter because they're all aspecting. Or if you have Jupiter, uh, well, the aspects don't. Well, let's say you had an opposition. You had a planet, and it was, uh, you know, say you have um, Mercury, and it, well, I don't know if Mercury's ever. <laughs> opposite Venus I don't think it is um so let's say okay so let's say you have a planet opposite Moon and Jupiter and Venus okay if those three planets are aspecting that planet the degrees are not going to matter because it's three benefic aspects in the Hindu but if you just have one and you know this planet is five degrees and Jupiter's 28 degrees it's an aspect but it's it's weak so, you know, I hear you. Yeah. But in the Western, I never use aspects that are more than 10 degrees. I barely look at 10 degrees.
0: OK, because this is a Vedic astrology podcast. I just want to make sure people aren't getting confused, which is why I brought it up, because all of us, I think, are
1: approaching it from a Vedic perspective.
0: <laughs> so, oh, Yeah, okay. so was kind of like, OK, I just want to clarify.
1: <laughs> well, that's good. I tell you what, because most of my most of my videos or podcasts are with indians and so and so now i'm with a westerner so i'm thinking that we're talking i've about...
0: never studied western astrology i've only studied vedic okay.
1: okay okay well if you're talking about the hindu system then so okay so in the hindu system when i talk about a planet being opposite pluto or opposite if it's i'm these kind of descriptions that i'm giving they're within 10 degrees Um, You know, I'm not going to call somebody defensive if Uranus or Pluto is 12, 13, 15 degrees opposite Mercury. It's not close enough to do that.
0: Got it. That's helpful.
1: But it will have an effect. It just won't be that extreme. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Pluto-Saturn. I don't like Pluto-Saturn because it's burden. It's burden. Wherever it is, it's a burden. They're going to be very disciplined. They're going to be very responsible. They're going to work really hard. But on the other hand, they will be very dedicated. So they can do something. So if somebody's got a Pluto-Saturn, let's say that I have some task that needs to be done, and I have three or four people that I can call for help, and it's a really difficult job, I'm going to give it to the Pluto-Saturn person. They're just going to be disciplined and they're going to be really going at it. But um, there's no question they're going to have burden in their life. They're going to have too much, too much discipline, too much burden, which is usually going to come out in the area where the where it is. If it's in the second house, it's going to be burden with money in the marriage house, burden with the marriage partner. It's going to be a burden, but they can also work very hard in the, in those areas. Um, I would suspect that it would be pretty good for land and real estate. I can't, how, I can't see how it wouldn't be good for land, real estate, things like that. Um, the The other aspects, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, they're, they're near impossible to talk about. Um, there was a Pluto, because they occur so rarely. Yeah. But there was... But there was the uh, Uranus-Pluto conjunction in the mid-60s. And it brought revolution. It changed the world radically. The Beatles were a product of the uh, Pluto-Uranus because Uranus is the higher octave of Mercury, right? The Beatles, you know, my friend was over here, my astrologer friend, and this guy actually, he's really into Motown and stuff like that. And he... He, he said, Yeah, I know the Beatles famous songs, but I don't know their other songs. Why do you like them so much? And I was like, oh man, I can't even, I, I'm not even gonna try to answer this. If you don't know, I'm not, but I did eventually in an email, I said, your question has been haunting me. So I've got to <laughs> I've gotta try to answer it. But one of the one of the things about them is that they're all about lyrics. Yes, their melodies were gorgeous. Yes, they were, they were like they had the Midas touch. 90% of what they did were not just good songs, but hits. They were hits. You know, they had the Midas touch. That to me was a result of the Pluto, Pluto Uranus. Pluto intensified Uranus, which is revolution, independence, freedom, breaking all the rules. Drugs was breaking all the rules. But it was also the higher octave of Mercury. And so their lyrics were just beyond belief. And when people, when 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 critics would try to interpret John Lennon's songs, he was disgusted. So he said, All right, they want to do that. Okay. And then he would write songs. He said, let, let's let let them figure this, let them figure out I am the walrus. It's just a bunch of googly, gobbledygook <clears throat> words put together. Let him try to figure that out. But and when you look at John Lennon's horoscope, you've got Mercury the planet of writing and teaching, in the second house, which is already as verbal and uniquely unique with words and expressions, opposite Jupiter and Saturn. So he was already as witty as can possibly be with Mercury in the second house. Then you had Jupiter and Saturn aspecting that Mercury. So his lyrics were all over the place. And that's, you know, but Pluto Mercury was revolution and it took place in the mid sixties and you had JFK, Martin Luther King, Bobby Kennedy, wow. um, um, the other black guy that was so great, uh, I forget his name. Um, but you had all these guys that were assassinated that were just so ahead of their times. Oh, Malcolm X, Malcolm X. They were so ahead of their times. It was unbelievable. And they were all murdered you know, it was revolution time. And that was Pluto Uranus. My son was born with a Oh, God, I think it's, oh, he's got Saturn, Uranus. I think there was a Uranus Neptune conjunction in the last 20 years. And but I mean, you got to wait and find those people and see how it's affected them, you know?
0: Yeah, I have that I was born in that period.
1: So Uranus Neptune, what house is it in? The sixth. Well, I would guess that that would be a tremendous opening to healing methods that are completely beyond the norm—homeopathy, Ayurveda, you know, stuff like that. I would figure, but I would also figure the daily work could be highly spiritual and metaphysical, and I would also figure that the idea of working for somebody, working for somebody, would be a nightmare if they gave you, <laughs> if, they, if they told you. I want you to follow the rules, do exactly what I say, do this routine. You'd say, all right, I'm done. I'm done I work now. for
0: myself. I've worked for myself for years and I'm never working for anyone else. <laughs> for a
1: yeah. 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 But highly spiritual metaphysical aspect. But that would come into your daily work, that aspect. So it's.
0: I think I remember you telling me also once, and I know this podcast is not about Neptune, but just an aside, I think you were mentioning that Neptune does really well with natural healing and natural remedies. And I've found that throughout my life, homeopathy, Ayurveda, um, diet-based healing has been incredibly effective to me in comparison to other methods of wellness. If
1: you have Neptune in the sixth house, it means that you misuse the physical body in the past lives. And in this light, welcome to the club. I have it as well. <laughs> like, You ahead. cannot, first of all, I can't take drugs. I can't drink. So I, I didn't do drugs in college. I did a little bit. I said, wow, this is not for me. The body would fall apart. I can't drink. Uh, you know, I, I drink a half a beer. I might get away with it. A full beer. I'm going to feel it the next day. That's Neptune in the sixth. And you, um, you have to heal yourself because you misuse the body. You can't just go to the doctor and say, give me a drug to fix it. Can't do it. You have to fix it through healing, natural healing methods, eating, diet, meditation, all that. And the illnesses that you do get are going to be stress and emotionally based.
0: Wow. It's so true. All of that is completely, completely accurate.
1: I I have it.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's been wild. I had all of these health issues come up a few years ago. Um, when Saturn and K2 were conjoined in Sagittarius a couple of years ago. So that would have been my sixth house. It was absolutely horrible. And I went to the Western doctor, my hair was falling out, I was having vertigo, I was having like seriously, like very bizarre, awful health issues. And the Western doctor was like, well, you work out twice a day, your vitals are fine. You're as healthy as a horse come back in six years. If nothing else develops, we'll clear you of autoimmune stuff. And I was like, what? So I went to a functional medicine practitioner and she's like, well, you have to change your diet. You can't have alcohol. You can't do that. Everything turned around. My health, my hair grew back. I haven't had vertigo. Everything's come back fine. But I think that what you said is very powerful in terms of a previous lifetime misusing the body because I I've even said this before is that I almost take it as a grace. I feel like in this lifetime, I'm meant to eat as purely as possible because I can't, I can't eat junk food. I can hardly eat processed food. Can't have alcohol. Definitely can't do drugs. Like my, my system is too sensitive for it, but hearing you verbalize it that way, was just very interesting.
1: You don't just have Neptune in there. You got Uranus Neptune. Yeah. So I've gotten away with junk food. I've gotten away with a lot of stuff that you haven't. I have the sun. In the Western, it's sun, Mercury, Neptune in the sixth. In the Hindu, it's Mercury in the sixth. But the ascendant's two degrees and the sun is 29 of the fifth house. So really the sun is goes into the sixth. It's both, fifth and sixth. But but you don't have Neptune. You have Uranus-Neptune. So that's much more intense. Yep. If they weren't so tightly conjunct, it wouldn't be so extreme. It wouldn't yeah. be e- easy. But the fact that they're that extreme, you must have really done some damage in theory. You know? Well, I'll
0: take responsibility. It's fine. I mean. <laughs> no, but,
1: but, no, it's it's not that. It's that I've always practiced astrology trying to be as objective as I can and is practical and realistic. And it makes perfect sense that we misused our body, but you know what? There's no proof. I would just prefer to say we probably did that. Yeah. I don't, I hate the idea of, you know, giving people these ideas that go into their mind and then they're certain that they did this and it's too speculative. So yeah, I I don't doubt that we did something, but I wouldn't want to get any more Uh, specific about it, you know. Of course. Do
0: you think that Pluto also would have that implication for people who have Pluto in the sixth? Do you think that that's also an implication that the physical body was misused?
1: Only if Pluto's afflicted. If it's badly aspected, then maybe they did. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, well, this has been very interesting, James. I always want to be respectful of your time. Again, I could just keep talking to you and theorizing and I just appreciate your insight so much, and hopefully I'll be able to have you on again in the future, and um, I'll make sure and link your website and your books in the description for the podcast and the YouTube, so if anyone wants to learn yeah, more. And I, to,
1: it. and I want to say something, um, you know, more and more, it strikes me that people are trying to learn to practice astrology on the internet, and you can do that, you know, if that's what you want to do, you can do that, but you'll never get, you'll never get really good, you can't do it. No. There's, too, there's too many things that have to be learned with great precision and they have to get learned by repetition and so you know if you want to do it as a hobby and for fun but i'd be careful you know putting things in people's minds doing readings if you're not really doing the studying it takes studying and it takes and it takes reading them over and over you know people today that don't even want to read a book twice I didn't have a lot of books in the 70s or the 80s. So I had two or three authors that I loved and they didn't write many books. Um, Which, by the way, the best book on Pluto, Uranus and Neptune is by Steve Arroyo. And it's called Astrology, Karma and Reincarnation. Hmm. You can go on Amazon and he did a revised edition of it. Um, But when I had those books, I read them over and over because you there's no other way to get it. Yeah. You need that, but you, unless you have a photographic memory or something.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah no, that's, that's really good insight. I could not imagine. I couldn't imagine studying astrology without having personal teachers. I've been really fortunate to actually learn from individuals. And it's just like you were saying, astrology is too complicated and too nuanced to learn by, by yourself. Um, So I love that you brought that up, but if anyone goes to Amazon to look up that book that you were suggesting, you should also type in James Braha, and you will get a link to all of your books that can be browsed and
1: purchased. And also, I am right now working on the two Western books, Western Aspects, which is How to Be a Great Astrologer and How to Predict Your Future, which was named originally Transits of the West, Dashas of the East. So now it's called How to Predict Your Future. But I'm now just now working on probably in about a month, those two books will be up there as well. Okay. Awesome. And transits.
0: Okay. So look for the revision. Is that
1: what you were saying? Okay. It won't be revised. It'll just be that I used to sell them through distributors and about three or four years ago, I ran out of them and the book business has been destroyed by Amazon. So you can't, you can't print your own. You can't print the books, sell them to distributors, get them into the stores without losing money. So you can do it through Amazon. So I just stopped, but now I'm going to have them at Amazon. So they'll be available again, and the transit book and the aspect book, about a month. So it's now, Jan- so by, I would say by March, April, for sure, they'll be at Amazon. March, right. April.
0: Well, I appreciate you, James. Thank you so, so much. Right.
1: My okay. pleasure. <laughs> Bye.
0: Thank you all so much for listening until the end of this segment. Again, I am so confident you all enjoyed and learned something new, um, and I hope that you had a good time, had as much fun as I did, as always, with James. So again, all of James' information is going to be listed in the show notes. Please do check out his books on Amazon. He is an absolute wealth of knowledge, and it's very entertaining to read, again, because so much of his personality is in the books. And his website is James braha.com. Please keep in mind that I am taking a temporary pause from my hour readings, but I'm still offering 30 minute readings as well as SOS readings. You can book at innerknowing.yoga. I do weekly horoscopes at patreon.com slash astrology now podcast. And my Instagram is astrology now underscore podcast. Again, my name is Christine Rodriguez. This is astrology now. Thank you so much.